Blog Talk Radio. I think we're going to be right here in just a second. All right, we're going to take out our red hymn book this morning. Grab you one there under the seat in front of you. And we're going to turn in our song book to number 52. And let's stand together as we do and sing. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Let's sing it out good and strong this morning. Praise him, praise him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O earth, his wonderful love proclaim. Hail him, hail him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor give to his holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard his children. In his arms, he carries them all day long. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Praise him, praise him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins he suffered and bled and died. He, our rock, our hope of eternal salvation. Hail him, hail him, Jesus the crucified. Sound his praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows. Love unfounded, wonderful, deep, and strong. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals, loud with hosannas ring. Jesus, Savior, reign us forever and ever. Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Amen. Let's remain standing. We're going to take up our offering here in just a few minutes, but before that, we're going to take time for prayer request. if you have any. Anybody got a prayer request they want to make mention of this morning? Mm-hmm. Sure. Amen. Got to got to get on the house and look, don't you? <laughs> Amen. Well, let's remember Bonnie in prayer tomorrow. Uh, I've had that procedure done. She's having it's not comfortable, but it's necessary. So pray for her that God give her grace through that. Anybody else, Miss Charlotte? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, y'all pray for my wife. She's a uh, I know most all of you know she's, you know, we just had our baby and she's 
she's just getting over that, but uh, she's having gallbladder pains, terrible gallbladder pains. So she's and just getting around right now. It's just is really really hard on her, and uh, she's trying to tough it out. And uh, so just please give us some wisdom. I pray that God gives us wisdom. Y'all can't give us wisdom, but pray that God gives us wisdom. Uh, as to know exactly what to do. Well, I guess I could get a little wisdom from you. Some of you have been through it, but we just need to know how to handle it because we got a lot on our hands, a lot on our plate. I, I want to mention a few things. I'm sure there may be a few other requests, but um, number one, I'm praise the Lord. My friend Chad Long, where I'm going to the revival in September, they had their baby this morning at 844. Uh, they, they, uh, she gave birth to uh, Gideon Obadiah Long. So I told her couldn't name him Brandon, but, you know, they – I chose Gideon, but it'll be all right. But uh, anyway, uh, she gave birth to a pretty little boy, and and, and I rejoice with them. Um, I got a good friend in Paris, Michael Huggins had a had a uh, had a massive stroke on uh, Wednesday night, and they found him Thursday morning. Uh, he's got some paralysis on his right side and his face, and but he's uh, there's been a lot of outpouring of prayer, and he's done a tremendous. Uh, recovery in just a few days and he's out of ICU and doing well and I ask you please pray for him uh, I don't know a guy who's done more for anybody else around me honestly and uh, let's see who else have I got there are others oh yes for uh, y'all y'all know who I'm talking about when I say Ricky and Katrina they've been coming and sitting up here in the front uh, and he was bringing his mother she's in her 90s she had a stroke and hadn't been with them but this morning she was she's uh, she was unresponsive. Well, it happened yesterday, and they carried her to the hospital in Paris, and and they they act like they didn't think nothing was wrong with her, uh, even though they couldn't hardly get her to respond. They said, "Oh, she's just being lethargic." Um, and then this morning it happened again. She was sitting at breakfast, everything was fine, and she slumped in the chair, and uh, they had a hard time getting her to respond to anything. And so they were carrying her to Sulphur Springs this morning. So please be in prayer for uh, Reba is her name Reba Wood and uh, pray for Ricky and Katrina as well all right any others yes um, continue to pray for Laura Jordan yes um, she is home from the hospital awesome. she's extremely weak mm-hmm. and she posted yesterday that she got up and walked with her walker and Rick was behind her with her wheelchair and she walked 35 feet before she had to sit down. So. Well, it's a start, but praise God she's doing better. Cause yes. Didn't know she's going to make it there for a little while. So. I know. It was very, very scary for them. Right. Like I said, they've been a tremendous blessing to me in the beginning of my ministry, and I just thank God for them. Um, good to have Morgan here this morning. Amen. Good to see you, sister. Uh, yes. All right. Well, happy birthday, Isabella. Yes, go ahead, Rob. Uh, Paris uh, family and your prayers, Cecil Paris. I heard yesterday that he passed away the day before. Okay. Uh, he's one of my race car buddies. Oh, okay. Been yeah. racing for years, and he used to own the Paris Motor Speedway at one time. Okay. Honor is the easy. His family's still eating. Amen. All right. Pray for Rip. Yes. Right. Yeah, pray for Yeah, let's be praying for that baby. He gets better. Yes. All right. Absolutely. 
Pray for you too. Job situation. Yes, Leo. Oh, absolutely. We are definitely turmoil and we definitely need the Lord's help. Yes, we do. You're right there, sir. Yes, Scott. I bet. Yes. All right. Hey, sure is. Sure is. Let's pray for him. Yes, anybody else? I got time if you got a request. Because ain't nobody leaving afterward. We're going to eat anyway, so. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Anybody else? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God uh, to to answer these requests and according to His wisdom and His will, and, and pray that He meets with us today. Pray God blesses our offering, blesses our blesses the message, and blesses our time in the house of the Lord. And don't forget, when we're done, we got food in the back. We're gonna feed you, so don't rush off. We want to take care of you and fellowship with you. And then we're going to come back in here and sing afterwards. So plan to stay with us and enjoy enjoy the day with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to bless us. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Take our songbook turn to number 135. 135. Hang <laughs> on, let me find it, sister. <laughs> you ready? That's good. That's good, right there. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and dine. With his manna he does feed and supplies our every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. Do the hungry calleth now, come and dine. The disciples came to land, thus obeying Christ's command. For the Master called unto them, come and dine. There they found their heart's desire, bread and fish upon the fire. Thus he satisfies the hungry every time. Come and dine, the Master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. 
He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and dine. Soon the Lamb will take his bride to be ever at his side. All the host of heaven will assemble be. Oh, twill be a glorious sight, all the saints in spotless white. And for Jesus they shall feast eternally. Come and dine, the Master calleth, come and dine. You may feast to Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and dine. Hey, Amen. We want you to eat with us back here, but Jesus wants us to come and gather around his table and get some spiritual food. Amen. 360, 360. 360, leaning on the everlasting arm. Thank God, God won't ever drop us. Amen. He's always got us. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arm. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arm. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arm. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arm. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so dear. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning. Safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Praise God. He's never failed me. Amen. Never once has he ever failed me or dropped me. Praise God. I can count on my Savior. Amen. Turn to 364. Just a few pages. 364. There is a name I love to hear. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its words. It sounds like music in mine ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me 
ain't free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me, it tells me Father has in store for every day. And though I tread a darksome path, he'll sunshine all the way. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh. How I love Jesus, because he first loved me. It tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who any sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. Amen. Praise God. He loved me before I was ever born. Amen. Hallelujah. What a Savior we have, folks. Y'all have to give me just a second. I've been flying by the seat of my britches all day. Amen. I tell you, having babies and and things just causes commotion. I tell you, and and nothing's on schedule, and uh, it's just that way. Amen. You're just gonna have to deal with it. So I know. So praise God. Y'all pray for me. Amen. Yeah, I hadn't got everything lined out like I wanted to, but I think we got it now. friend of mine on Facebook posted the first line to this song and I posted what he had the lyrics he had posted reposted them on Facebook and I was trying to think what am I going to sing this morning and and I was on I shouldn't say this but I was driving on the way and I looked at my Facebook I shouldn't tell you that but but anyway and I noticed that another friend of mine had finished that line he posted another lyrics I said well I think I'll just sing that this morning Sometimes are here Filling man's hearts with fear Freedom we all hold dear Now is that saved Humbling your heart to God Saved from the chastening rod Seek the way pilgrims trod Christians away Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom, prophets will sound. All of the dead shall 
skies, going where no one dies, heavenward bound. Troubles will soon be yours, happy forevermore. When we meet on that shore, free from all care, rising up in the sky, telling this world goodbye, onward we then will fly, glory to share. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon, many will meet their doom. Prophets will sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies. Going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. Troubles will soon be your happy forevermore. When we meet on that shore, free from all care, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon, many will meet their doom, trumpets will sound, all of the dead shall rise, righteous meet in the skies. Going where no one dies, heavenward bound. Going where no one dies, heavenward bound. Amen. That ain't far from, from happening, folks. Ain't far from happening, I'm telling you. <clears throat> well, praise God. It's good to be back in church this morning. We'll turn this fan on, I do believe. Amen. It's a little warm up here already. But I I, I tell you, it, it is truly good to be here. It's good to be looking at you. It's good to be good to be with God's people. Amen. I don't know of anywhere I enjoy more than being with God's people. That's the truth. Amen. Take your Bible. Turn to John 16 this morning. We're continuing. We're in part 180 this morning. Part 180. Of getting to know Jesus, and uh, if you hadn't been here in a while, or if you or if you first time here, let me tell you where we're at. We have gone all the way through Jesus' earthly life, and we have come down to the last, the last day of his earthly life. And Jesus has been in the upper room with his disciples. <coughs> they have eaten the Passover feast. They have, uh, they've, they've eaten their Passover meal. They've gone to. Uh, they, they, he's washed their feet. They've gone down into the streets of the city. They're, they're walking on their way through Jerusalem to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is going to pray, and then he will be arrested, and then he'll be taken to his mock trial, and you know the rest, and we'll get to that. But there are a lot of things that Christ said to his disciples on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, this morning is a, a little bit of an unusual thing that he said to them. And, and I'll be honest with you, this is one of the more difficult uh, messages that I've put together on this subject. It's a little more, uh, it's not quite as simplistic as, as some of the other things that he said to him. I want to just give you an example. Last week, 
uh, of course, to them at the moment, it wasn't simple at all. To us looking back, we have the, we have the benefit of, of the Scripture to teach us what they didn't have at that time. And, and we look at it through the lens of the Word of God, which they didn't have a Bible to carry around with them, you understand. It was, it was simply what, what they had learned and what they had heard and what they had studied and what Jesus had taught them. But uh, I want to just back up just a hair there, and uh, we'll, just, we'll just read chapter 16. Let's just read down through there just to set ourselves in context. Jesus said to them, he said, These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Now, you remember why they were offended. He said, they're going to hate you, but don't worry because they hated me before they hated you. They're going to persecute you, and, and that's, that's not to, listen, because they hate me. They don't love me. They, want, they wanted to kill Jesus constantly. So he said, you know, there's going to come a time. We'll see that here in just a second. He said, he said, you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. They don't want to go in there and worship with you anymore. They don't want you in there anymore. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. Now, they claimed to be worshiping the Father, didn't they? I mean, that's the whole Jewish religion, supposed to be worshiping God the Father, Jehovah God. But yet they were, they were doing it in error. They weren't worshiping God because they left the Messiah out. They left Christ out of it. And... Uh, he said in verse 4, But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you, but now I go my way to him that sent me. He's saying, I'm leaving here shortly. And he said, And none of you asketh me, Where goest thou? Nobody's even concerned where I'm going. He said, But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. So remember, they were depressed because, man, life's going to get hard after Jesus is gone. People are going to hate us. People are going to try to destroy our lives, and, and it's going to get hard. And, and they started feeling, sticking their, their bottom lip out a little, I think, and, and, and started maybe whimpering a little bit. It's going to get tough, you know, and, 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 and that's human nature to do. It's human nature to, uh, to start looking on the, on the negative. It's human nature to uh, start getting down about things. But Jesus said to him right after that, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient or it's good for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus said, I'm leaving. I'm going to go back to heaven. But it's good that I go because when I go, I'm going to send the Comforter to you. So who's the Comforter if you don't know? That's the Holy Spirit of God. And he's going to be with you. Matter of fact, the day I got saved, November the 1st, 1975, way back yonder, amen, when I, when I bowed my head and I put my faith and my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I, I put it in his hands, I said, Lord, you forgive me of my sins. I want to be forgiven, I want to be cleansed, and I want to be your child. I want to be saved so that I never have to fear eternal punishment. I want to be born again so that my sins are washed away they're all put under the blood of Jesus, and I want to know that, my, that I have a home in heaven. And, uh, and I thank God that I did that. Now listen, hey, uh, and the moment that I did that, the Holy Spirit of God moved in, and he lives in me. The very moment I trusted Christ, the Holy Spirit of God moved in, so he's in me, and, and, and Christ is saying, it's good because I'm sending him to you. And he said, and when he has come, he will reprove or convict 
the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. I'm going to show them that the Holy Spirit's going to show them that they're sinners, that they're lost. He said, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. The Holy Spirit is going to show them that Christ is the Son of the living God. You can tell them all day long. You can preach it to them backwards and forwards. But I, the Holy Ghost, have got to show them and open their eyes and give them understanding that they are they are, they're not following after some pie in the sky, that he is the real deal, that he is the true Messiah, and he is righteous, and he is holy, and there's no sin in him. Amen? And of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Don't follow this world, because this world leads you to hell. He's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send my spirit, and he's going to show you, and he's going to amen and identify that all this wickedness out here, that's of the devil, and, that's, and, and that's, it, it's going to be judged. God's going to judge it. And he went on and he said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you can't bear them now. You cannot bear them now. You won't get it. You won't understand it. And, and folks, that's, that's the way with, with baby Christians. You can try to teach them, but they can't understand everything all at once. They have to grow. And these disciples, they had not learned a lot of things. But he said, how be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, the Holy Spirit of God, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall, he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Jesus said, he will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. I, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna take the things of me and he's going to reveal them to, to you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. That's where we finished last week. Now, we're going to be looking this morning at verses 16 through 22. And I want you to notice a little phrase that keeps being repeated all down through here. He said, A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, what is this that he saith unto us a little while? And ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he saith a little while? We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do you inquire? Do ye inquire among yourselves? Of that I said, a little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament. But this world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And now ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, I come before you this morning, and I ask you to give me grace. I, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you might give me exactly what I need to say. Father, help me to say it in the manner that it ought to be said, just the right way it ought to be said. Father, I put myself 
wholly and completely in your hands, and I ask and I pray that you might empty me and that you might fill me with the power of your Holy Ghost. I pray, Father, that every fiber of my being be filled with your presence. And, Lord, I pray you'd pour me out, Lord, just as you want me poured out. I pray, Lord, you'd give them ears to hear. Father, give them, give them Holy Ghost-filled ears, Lord. They might receive of this, Lord. And, Lord, that we might, we might understand it. We might recognize the truth that's contained therein, Father. I just pray now, Lord, you give us clarity of thought. Help us now. Father, forgive us of our sins. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, did you notice a phrase in that? Three words. A little while. A little while. We know that language. That's common language for us. You say, when you're a kid, you say, Mama, can I do this? And she said, in a little while. Right? Two phrases usually you hear when you're growing up. In a minute and in a little while. And if you live very long, you realize that in a minute is a whole lot shorter than in a little while. <laughs> in a little while can be an extended period of time. You don't know how long a little while is. There's no specifics given. And when Jesus says a little while, we don't know how long a little while is. You have to remember that the Bible says a, a, a day is as a thousand years to the Lord. So when the Lord says a little while, again, we don't know how long he's talking. And I got, I got to, I've studied this thing inside out, backwards and forwards, and, and I read after a number of people, and I disagreed with a lot of them. So I don't think, and they all disagreed with each other. So I don't know that, you know, I got to look in there where Jesus said, do you inquire among yourselves? And he was asking, like, why are you asking each other? I'm the only one with the answer. So I got to think about that when I was reading after him, and I just said, okay, all right, I'm going to just listen to what you're saying here. But I, thought, I got to thinking, he said, a little while, and you shall not see me. And first I was like, well, in a little while he's going to the cross and he's going to die and he's going to be in the grave. And then he said, in a little while you shall see me because I go to the Father. And I thought, well, he's going to be resurrected. He's going to show himself to him, and then he's going back to the Father. But the more I read, the more I got to thinking and seeing some things that led me to understand that's not what he's talking about. So let's look at it this morning and see if we can gain some things. And, and again, when we're looking at the Scripture, we always need to remember the context. Who is he speaking to? What is he speaking about? Okay? We need to remember, always need to remember, when we are in the Gospels, that, that before Christ died, there was no church to speak of. There's Christ and his disciples. There was no Gentile church. There was, uh, there's, there's no reference to the Gentile church right here. He's speaking to Israelites. He's speaking to the Jews, and we'll see that here in just a minute. But I want you to turn in your Bible. I want you to turn in your Bible. We're going to look first of all, and when he says, A little while, and ye shall not see me. Turn over to Acts chapter 1. We've got to turn quite a few places this morning, so, so uh, we'll get our, our, our Bible study in. We'll get our flipping of our pages in. Acts chapter 1. Verses 6 through 9. So he says, A little while, and ye shall not see me. So there's going to be a departure that he's speaking of. A little while, and ye shall not see me. All right, if you found that, Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. All right, he and he and and and. And the disciples and, and all, the, all that were there with them, they've gone out to the Mount of Olives. 
Now they're, they're up on the Mount of Olives, and here's what happens. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, now notice what he's saying, what they're saying to him. Lord, right now, now are you 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 died on Christ. Are you now gonna Are you now gonna sit on the throne of Israel? Is it gonna happen now? And he said unto them, "It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in His own power." He said, "That's not gonna happen now. It's not for you to know." He said, "Here's what you need to know. But ye shall receive power." Okay, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Okay, that goes right along with over there in John 16, where he had just told them in verses 12 through 15, he said, you know, the spirit of truth is coming, and, and he'd already told them that, that he's going to testify of me back in, in chapter 15, verse 26 and 27, that the Spirit of God's going to testify of him. In verse 27, he said, And ye shall also bear witness, because you've been with me from the beginning. So he's telling them here, don't worry about the times. Don't worry about this little while. Don't worry. I'm fixing to leave. He said, but what you need to be concerned about is having the power of the Holy Ghost and being a witness for me. And he said, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And, it, and that's exactly what happened. The gospel spread there in Jerusalem. It spread out from there. It spread on up, uh, up through Asia Minor, went all the way up into Europe, and spread on the Mayflower over here to where we are now. And because of those, those brave souls who traveled the, the, the waters to come over here to this place, we have the gospel. And what have we done with it? Well, we sent it all over the world. And, and, and now we're in a mess because we've gotten away from it. But, amen, that's right. We've left, we've left off of God's word and we're going to suffer for it. But again, they, they asked, they said, you know, Lord, are you going to do this? But I want you to notice in verse 9, it said, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, probably mouths hanging wide open, He was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Now realize something. He's going up into heaven from the Mount of Olives. Okay? He's going to come back in the same fashion that he left, which means he is going to come down to the Mount of Olives. Okay? That's, that's, I mean, he's talking about the second coming there. We're not talking about the rapture of the church at this point. We're referring to his second coming. He's coming... At some point, and we don't know exactly when he's coming, but he's coming. There's going to be a trumpet blast, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and, uh, and, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. 
But he, this is referring to him coming to again. They ask him, are you going to do it now? No. He said, when he comes back, when he goes, when he comes back the same way you've seen him go, that's when it's going to happen. But that's when only the Father knows that. So he's telling them, a little while, and you shall not see me. I want you to turn over to Psalm chapter 37. Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verses 9 and 10. And again, this psalm is referring to the second coming of Christ. It says in verses 9 and 10, it says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, there's that same phrase, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place. The wicked, and I believe that's referring to the man of sin, the Antichrist, yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Why? Because Christ is coming back. And when Christ comes back, it is toast for the Antichrist. Amen? So he's saying, look here, a little while, and I'm going away. He's telling his disciples, you know, they they weren't ready for everything he had to say, but they kept asking him, what are you saying? What are you talking about? He said, okay, I'm just going to tell you. All right? It's going a little while, and I'm going back to the Father, okay? Now, turn to Isaiah chapter 63. I'm going to try to fit all this in this morning, so we're just going to turn quickly. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 17 through 19. Isaiah 63, verses 17 through 19. O Lord, why hast thou made us to err from thy ways and hardened our heart from thy fear? Return for thy servant's sake. The tribes of thine inheritance, the people of thy holiness have possessed it for a little, but for a little while. But a little while, our adversaries have trodden down thy sanctuary. We are thine. Thou never bearest rule over them. They were not called by thy name. What all is that saying? Okay, look at the nation of Israel right now. Does she love the Lord Jesus Christ? Does the the nation of Israel right now love the Lord Jesus Christ? No. Is the nation of Israel all that it's going to be now? No. It's just as wicked as America, if not more. And I would say, dare say, a whole lot more because they have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that I don't wish for them to receive Christ because I surely do. I'm not anti-Israel by any stretch of the imagination. But the truth of it is, Israel's in a bad shape. Israel's a wicked, wicked place. He's, now notice the, But notice in here, it says in verse 17, Return for thy servant's sake. This is Israel crying out to the Messiah to return. Now, when is that going to happen? That's going to happen during the time of tribulation, during the time of Jacob's trouble, when Israel all gets saved. I mean, listen, that nation's going to get saved in a day. That nation is going to cry out for Christ to come. Why? Because the Gentile nations are going to turn against Israel. The Antichrist is going to set up his image in the temple, which will be rebuilt, which will be the third temple. And, and, and they're, going to, they're going to start all the old sacrifices over again. 
and, and they're going to think they're worshiping God. But see, the Antichrist is going to come in and he's going to set up his image in there. He's going to, and he's going to desecrate it with his image. And so he says, Return for thy servant's sake. The tribes of thine inheritance, the people of thy holiness have possessed it but a little while. There's that word, those words again. You see, they built it again. They started, they started doing sacrifices and all in there, and then in come the Gentiles. Now I turn to Haggai. You say, I don't know where Haggai is. It's in the crispy pages. Amen. It's over where you haven't been lately. It's right before the end of the Old Testament. Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. I'll give you just a second to find it. Haggai. You turn, it's, it's like a small town. If you blink, you miss it. Okay? Haggai, verse, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Haggai, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Chapter 2 of Haggai is all about when Christ returns in the temple. All right, Haggai, verses two, uh, chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while. There's that phrase again. And I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. He said, I'm going to shake the heavens. I'm going to shake it all. When does that sound like? That sounds like when all those bowls of judgment are poured out, when the vials of God's wrath are poured out, when all these cataclysmic changes take place on this earth during the time of great tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. He's going to do all those things. He's going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. He said, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory saith the Lord of hosts. The end, listen, the desire of all nations shall come. Whatever the nations that, that supported Israel, that stayed with Israel, the ones who, 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 who were friends of Israel, they're going to get what they got coming to them. God's going God's to take that into consideration, but those who hated Israel, they're going to get their desire too. Listen, God's going to judge the nations and how they treated his people after a little while. Now, I want you to turn over to the New Testament. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. This is more of a Bible study than it is a sermon, but it'll be all right. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37, and that's actually quoting from Habakkuk. For yet, a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Christ is coming, folks. He's going to set up his. He's going to set up his kingdom. Amen. Now listen, you and I, you and I will be out of here long before that happens. Amen. But listen, he's talking to his, he's talking to to his disciples. He's talking to Jews. He's talking to them regarding the nation of Israel because that's all they can see. That's all they know. That's all they care about. That's all they've ever experienced. That's all they've ever known is the nation of Israel where they have lived and had their livelihood. And, and that's what they care about. Listen, just like Brother Leo said this morning, we need to pray for our nation. You know what? He's not 
he he's not concerned about uh, uh, Russia. He's not concerned about China. He's not concerned about Australia. No, he's concerned about his nation, as he should be, and I should be, and you should be. And these disciples were concerned about Israel, and they wanted to know, Lord, when is all this? What's happening here? What do you mean when you say these things to us? Well, let's continue to read down. Let's get back to John 16. Let's get back to our text. So he, he spoke of a departing, a little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to my Father. I'm going to read down there a little ways. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of what I, of that I said a little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me. Now look at verse 20. Verily, verily, he said, You want to know what this means? You really want to know what this means? He said, Verily, verily, which means of a truth of a truth, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament. But the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Now, they wanted to know, what do you mean, Lord? Well, I'm, I'm going away. I'm about to leave for a little while. What's this little while business? Well, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be weeping and lamenting. Well, who's going to weep and lament? Who are you talking about, Lord? He's talking about the Jews. He's talking about Israel. Turn in your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah chapter 30. We're going to see this stuff lines up, amen? Jeremiah chapter 30. Now, I know Jeremiah is not speaking about the tribulation period here in Jeremiah chapter 30. He's talking about Jerusalem uh, in about 580 B.C. But still, it, it's just very much identical. Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 6 and 7, because it does speak of Jacob's troubles, you're going to see. Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Well, I just watched my wife. Travail means in labor, okay? He said, think, or ask ye now, or, or think about this. And see whether a man doth have labor pains with child. Wherefore, why do I see every man with his hands on his loins? Okay? He's holding himself. As a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Jacob's trouble. What, what, what did God change Jacob's name to? Israel. So he's talking about the, the trouble that's going to come, not upon the Lord's church, but upon the nation of Israel. All right? God 
has God has taken his hand off of Israel. God is dealing in this dispensation of grace with his church. Yes, there are Jews that get saved during this time, but this is the dispensation of grace. This is the church age. This is what we're living in right now. Israel right now is in full rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But, one, but when the Lord takes his church out of here, he is going to deal solely with Israel. And when that day comes, the Bible says they're going to be like a woman in travail. They ain't going to know what hit them. They're going to say, oh, no, it's the time. What, what are we going to do? This has all come upon us. That day is great. What's happening to us, there has never been a day like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Turn to Lamentations 1. That's what I was talking about a while ago when I said that about 580. I got off on my, my thinking this morning. Lamentations. Turn over one book to Lamentations chapter 1. Lamentations chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. Lamentations chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. Jerusalem hath grievously sinned. Therefore she is removed. All that honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yea, she sigheth and turneth backwards. Her filthiness is in her skirts. She remembereth not her last end. That's important there. Can't remember what happened when she turned her back on God last time. Therefore she came down wonderfully. She had no comforter. O Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy hath magnified himself. The adversary hath spread out his hand upon all her pleasant things, for she hath seen that the heathen entered into her sanctuary, whom thou didst command that they should not enter into thy congregation. All her people sigh, they seek bread, they have given her their pleasant things for meat to relieve the soul. See, O Lord, and consider, for I am become vile. You see that the heathen hath entered her sanctuary. Listen, that's what's going to happen during that time of Jacob's trouble. Again, the Antichrist is going to come in, and he's going to say, I'll be your God. The abomination of desolation, the Bible speaks of. There's going to be weeping and lamenting. Israel is going to go through a period of time like they have never gone through before. It is going to be literally hell on earth for them. Why? Because she refused the Savior the first time. John 16, 20, again, our, 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 from, our, from our text. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament. But the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow shall be turned into joy. You know, it says there that the world shall rejoice. Turn to Revelation 11. Revelation 11. Revelation chapter 11, verses 3 through 12.
Well, let's just read the whole chapter. There's only two extra verses there. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given to the Gentiles for the holy city. They shall tread underfoot forty and two months. There's those strangers. There's those who are defiling the sanctuary. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days. You say, how long is that? That's three and a half years. They're going to prophesy two witnesses clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. You say, who are these two witnesses? Moses and Elijah. If any man will hurt them, Fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. Wow. Fire shoots out of their mouth. Burns up anybody that comes against them. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Now notice this. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. You remember somebody else who walked into King Ahab and said they're going to rain for three years? That was old Elijah, wasn't it? We just talked about that on Mount Carmel. There's Elijah right there. And it said, And have the powers over the water to turn them to blood and smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. There's Moses. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. They're going to lay in the streets of Jerusalem. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And notice what the world's going to do. He said, said, you shall sorrow, but the world shall rejoice. I'm going to tell you, during that time, the nation of Israel is going to, I mean, they're going to be horrified. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was a Jew living during that time, and I had Moses and Elijah standing there prophesying and preaching and shooting fire out of their mouth at the enemies of God, I think I'd be rooting for Moses and Elijah, wouldn't you? And all of a sudden, they're dead. And, all, and the world starts rejoicing because they've gotten rid of these, these terrible prophets who've been prophesying against them. All right, listen, it says, They that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. They'll make a, they're going to make a worldwide holiday and they're exchanging gifts. Hey, let me give you something. These prophets are dead. I mean, they're going to think it's a party. We finally won. And they heard a voice, great voice from heaven saying unto them. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a verse. Verse 11, And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon all them, uh, upon them which saw them and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them come up hither 
and they ascended up into heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Moses and Elijah took off up into heaven. Everybody's looking in awe. There's going to be some weeping and lamenting. I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a horrible, horrible time during that time of tribulation, but I want to tell you something. Joy is coming. Joy is coming. Look back there in our text. Verse 22. Oh, let's read verse 21 and 22. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come. I'll tell you, I, I, I mean, I, I thank God my wife didn't have to go through all the labor pains and all that, but I've seen her go through some of them. But I, I've, watched, I've watched it happen before. It ain't no fun to watch a woman in labor. She don't, she don't want nobody making no jokes. And she, she wants everybody to be very serious because it's hurting and it's scary. They call it entering into the jaws of death, having a baby. Our time's come. There ain't no getting away from it. This is it. I'm going to have this baby. But you know what the Bible says here? It says, But as soon as she's delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And he said, And ye now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Joy is coming. The Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 5, For his anger endureth for but, for a, but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. In Isaiah 51, verses 11 through 13, the Bible says, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing into Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou, that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the Son of Man which shall be made as grass? And forgetteth the Lord thy Maker that hath stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundation of the earth, and has, has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? Christ, Christ is coming. And when he comes, this whole world is going to be set right. Amen? So he's telling them, listen, I here in just a little while, I'm going to go away. And it's going to be a little while. You say, how long? Well, I don't know. You don't know. It may, may, may be... Maybe a hundred more years, maybe a thousand more years, and it may be the next five minutes. We don't know how long that little while is going to be. But I'm going to tell you, Christ is coming back. You say, how does this apply to me, preacher? You're talking about the Jews. Well, I don't have long to finish this up, since I'm over time already, but let me just say this to you. I have Christ. You have Christ, be saved. And you know what? We don't ever know what's going to come in this life. In just a little while, all kinds of things can change. We've seen it this year, haven't we? Lots of, little, lots of things have changed in a little while. But I'm going to tell you something. Now, we're not going to go through that 
time of Jacob's trouble. That's Jacob's trouble. That's, that's, that's Israel's trouble. That's not our trouble. But I'm going to tell you something. We're going through some trouble now. The Bible tells us we're going to have tribulation. Not the, not the great tribulation. We're going to have tribulation here. And we're going through it now. And it, go, it may get worse before it gets better. But Christ is coming for us. <clears throat> but you know what? You and I have, we, we're able to see him now. You know how we see him? The Holy Spirit lives within us. He's given us his spirit to reveal to us the deep things of God, to reveal Christ to us. Folks, we're not blind like Israel is right now. We can see. Amen? Because Jesus died for our sins. Listen to me. We're not waiting. Oh, we're waiting for him to return, but we're not waiting. We have everything that God has promised us living in our bosom if we're saved. Christ said, Christ said I, I'm the light of the world. You and I don't walk in darkness. We have the light of life because we have Christ. He says, he's, he's the bread of life. We, 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 never, we never go hungry for, for truth. We never go hungry for peace. We never go hungry for those things because we have him. He's the living water. He said, I'm the vine. He, he, he's the one that does the work through us. We have him. He said, I'm the way. We never need to go astray because we have the way. He said, I'm the truth. We ne- never go off into error as we were talking in Sunday school. Some do, but we need never go off into error because we have the truth. We need never be depressed and discouraged because he's the life, and we have the life in him. We have joy because we know that our sins are paid for in him. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 8. I'm going to read that and we'll be done. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible. See, you and I have an inheritance waiting on us. We have a lively hope to look forward to, an inheritance that's waiting on us. He said it's incorruptible, it's undefiled, and it fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. Listen, we don't have to worry about losing what we have because we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. He said, wherein ye greatly rejoice. You see, listen, I don't have to go through all that, all that time of trouble. You don't have to go through all that time of trouble if we're in Christ. We can rejoice now because we know our Savior's coming. And he said, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Right now we've got all kinds of things coming at us, and yes, it creates some heaviness in our hearts, And yes, this world is not our home. And we look at it that way and we say, yeah, I'm a stranger and a pilgrim down here. I don't feel at home down here. This this is not where I'd rather be with Jesus. He said, it may be for a season that we go through heaviness. He said, that the trial of your faith, 
You see, our trial, our faith ought to be tested. Our faith ought to be proven. We, uh, it's not that we ought to live on a flowery bed of ease. No, we ought to go through some things to prove that we are going to follow him no matter what comes our way. As we were talking in Sunday school, and I, and I brought up that point, that so many people these days, they just put their blinders on and they mindlessly follow anything they're told, regardless of whether it lines up with this book or not. Folks, you and I have got to look at things through the Word of God. We can't just follow what any dictate of anybody says. There are places in this country where they'll lock you up if you meet like we're meeting this morning. In our country, there are governors who said, you even do it in your home, we'll find you and we'll lock you up. Christ is the head of his church, not the government. Amen. He said that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. So who's it precious to? It's precious to God. That though it be tried by fire, with fire, it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ. What are you trying to say? We kept our eye on him. We kept our eye on him no matter everything else fell apart around us. And when he comes, he's going to say, you did it right. Well done. Well done. That's what I want to hear, folks. That's what you ought to want to hear. It's well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. In just a little while, we're going to see him. In just a little while, all these troubles will be over. In just a little while, we'll rejoice on heaven's shore. And in just a little while, Christ will saddle up. I don't know if somebody else will saddle it for him, I'm sure. <laughs> but Christ will mount the saddle. Amen? I don't think Jesus has saddled his own horse. Amen? I figure there's some angels on saddling duty. So they'll have all our horses saddled. Or maybe we won't need a saddle. Amen? Maybe them horses just know where to go, and we just hold on to the mane and ride. But Christ is going to get on that horse, and you and I are going to get on horses behind him, and he's going to come down through the sky, and he's going to slay the enemies of God. And listen to me. He's going to enter into Jerusalem. He's going to go into the temple, and he's going to sit down on the throne of David, and there won't be any more opposition. And in that day... Jesus said, just like a woman after the baby's born. Whoo, look at what we've got. Hallelujah. Look at what we got. Look what God brought forth. Look at what we have. There's no more sin. There's no more evil. There's no more trials. It's coming. So I say to you, church, this morning, don't get down. Be looking up. We're winners. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's what the Bible tells us. And let me say to you this morning, if you're in here and you say, I don't know for sure where I'm going when I die. I have no idea if I'd go to heaven or not. Let me tell you something. You can get that settled before we ever say amen today. Let me tell you, Jesus died for you. God loved you so much that he put your sin, because he knew all about you before you were ever born, he put all of your sin on his son Jesus and punished him like he ought to have punished you for your sins. Jesus Christ took your sin upon himself because he was perfect, spotless, 
sinless, had none to his, of his own to pay for. So he paid. He's the Son of God, God in the flesh, and he paid all of our sin debt. The, the Bible said he tasted death for every man. And he died. Before he died, he cried out, to Telestai, which means paid in full. Your sins have been paid for. And God says, you know what? I want to give that to you as a gift. So I'm going to try to be good. God doesn't want you to try to be good. God doesn't want you to turn over a new leaf. God wants you to trust him. God wants you to receive the gift of salvation. It's a gift. Can't earn it. Can't work for it. Can't do a thing to get it. All you can do is by faith say, Lord, I believe Jesus did all that was necessary. I believe that he paid for my sin. I believe, Lord, that when he died and they buried him three days later, that stone rolled away and he came out alive and he's seated beside the Father in heaven. He's alive forevermore and he's coming back. I believe it. If you can believe that, trust trust him, receive him today and be born again and be a child of God forevermore. It's as simple as that. You don't have to do a thing but believe. Let's stand together. As Miss Joanne comes to the piano, we're going to sing 209. But I want to tell you this morning, if God's dealing with you about something, don't pick up that song, but come do business with God. We've got altars on both sides. Somebody needs to come and pray. You can come now. You don't have to wait for the music. Come and do business with God. That food will wait in the back. Let's, let's, I'd, I'd rather it's not eat at all and do business with God. We're going to sing 209, Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. Before we do that, we're going to pray. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I plead with you for the souls of men and women, boys and girls. Lord, I pray, Father, that you work in our midst. You do a work in us, Father. Lord, we know the judgment is coming for this world. We know that someday it'll be too late for somebody to trust Christ. Lord, we know that someday someday there's going to, there's going to be an end to every one of us. And we don't know when that day comes. Lord, right now, today, if we'll hear your voice, we're not to harden our hearts. No, we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Father, I pray, even now, for any soul under the sound of my voice, Lord, I pray for their salvation. Lord, I pray you do a work in here this morning. Maybe some saints that have gotten a little cold in their heart that need to come and and, and kneel before you and say, Lord, I want to, I want to rededicate myself to giving you my all, surrendering it all to you and letting you have me and do what you will with my life. That's a need. I pray, Father, they'd come. Lord, you know the need. You know the need of every heart. Lord, we'd be glad. We'd rejoice with every decision that's made. Lord, I pray that you work now in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Take up thy cross and follow me. I heard my master say, I gave my life to ransom thee. Surrender your all today. Just step out and come, right? I'll meet you here. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go.
wherever he leads, I'll go. We're going to sing that fourth verse. I want you, Christian, I want you to pay attention to the words. As we come near to the coming of Christ, it's so important that we listen to this and apply it to our life. My heart, my life, my all I bring to Christ who loves me so. He is my master, Lord and King. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm glad you were here today. I'm glad you that, that you uh, came to hear the Word of God, and I hope the Lord blesses you. I hope you have a, have a renewed sense of we got, we got to serve God because we're coming down to the end. You know what? All the Christians in this world need to have that sense of urgency to give him our all, give him our best. Amen. Well, we're going to eat in just a minute. So let's go ahead, and we're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. We might as well just go ahead and put the food in there on the deal, too. Amen. That way, when we get to the back, if it's ready, you can just get you a plate. All right. So we're going to go to the Lord and thank him for this day and thank him for the for the truth that we received both in Sunday school and during the message and, and just ask God to work in our life daily. Amen. And we're going to ask the Lord to bless the food. Lucas, why don't you dismiss us and ask blessing? Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We need your house. Thank you for your word. For the truth that made this talk here. Uh, Lord, for the, for the reminders we need.